Tim Dilbeck today. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you so much for the invitation. You bet. Just want to make it official that Tim actually hates these interviews and hates being recorded. And so I even appreciate you being here even more, knowing that you loathe this event so much. do loathe the event, but I do love you. And so I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> I look forward to talking to you about it. Well, that means even more. Thanks, Tim. Hey, today you're joining us and we're wanting to talk about the church. And uh, Tim comes from uh, years of, uh, of journeying in the church, through the church, with the church. And I just want to uh, have him talk a little bit about uh, your journey as a, as a pastor and uh, just also fold that into your relationship with the Lord and, and how you've explored that with him through your uh, time in the church. Okay, I um, think it's important to realize I've pastored two churches, one for six years and one for 22 years. Both the church experiences were really healthy, good experiences with people who I still am in relationship with today and love. I enjoyed um, what I was doing. God called me into that type of ministry early on, and I do feel like there's a calling in my life uh, to the body of Christ I understood that early through pastoring a local church and being involved in um, all of what it means to be a part of the local church. Still love the local church, still love uh, what goes on uh, in corporate worship, what goes on in um, learning and following the Lord through that particular way. But God has also um, had me on a journey of personally discovering my relationship with him in such a way as that I have realized my need for church life. Not just the system of the church, not just a pattern of church, but really church life, the exchange of life between individuals uh, in a setting that can take place within the walls or within the building of a church it can also take place uh, in a line at Walmart or at a Christian conference or at the beach. Uh, the, anytime two or three are gathered in his name, there he is also. And that exchange of life mm-hmm. is so important to church life. And that's where I find myself today. Certainly not uh, judging a pattern or a system of church but looking for new and creative ways to connect with the body of Christ around the world so that the Lord uses me and the Lord uses those other ones in me so that we discover more of who Jesus Christ is. What would you recommend would be some, some steps? It's almost sounding like uh, it's, you're differentiating going to church or participating in a program, and it sounds like you're actually saying that we could possibly even be the church, how would you uh, dis- describe to someone what would be some steps or process of, of becoming the church, of, of being a human being that's alive, like you're saying, that's actually able to give this away to someone? So just, just the, the distinction between going to church versus being the church, how would you, how would you counsel somebody on that? 
I think it begins not with a liturgy or a uh, system of trying to worship, but really it begins in your own personal relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. It begins in growing in Christ, allowing uh, the Lord to speak into your daily life. And as that's going on, I think it's important that we take the the check mark away from a behavior that says, if I go to a building on a particular day of the week for a particular amount of time, I've done my Christian duty. Uh, if we can separate ourselves from that, then we're free to go into church to worship the Lord and come out from that, that uh, meeting and go into normal life, also worshiping the Lord, also walking in his life, also discovering moment by moment and day by day uh, the life that takes place when there's an exchange between believers. Yeah, that's good. I heard somebody say one time that if I go and stand in a garage, it doesn't make me a car. If I go, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I just think that there's been there was years that I just I thought that if I was just in the building on Sunday that it made me a Christian, right? And hadn't yet really experienced a personal relationship with the Lord, but was just in proximity of Him. And I just, I just really think that, that there's a huge uh, variation between actually having a living, active relationship with God, knowing that you're loved, and knowing that He loves you, and uh, versus just, just being in proximity to Him. And so, what would you, how would you uh, uh, advise somebody that is, they've been maybe in church their whole lives, but they're not experiencing this love that you're talking about? And what would you, the thing that, that I really get leery of is hearing people, you, you and I were talking earlier, and you talk about not throwing stones and, and uh, judging uh, the church uh, for either your lack of experience or uh, someone's, someone hasn't, you know, maybe they have some expectations and they're not being met. Could you just talk into the, uh, the whole stone throwing concept and then uh, just talking into somebody's ex- experience of where they're just not experiencing what they want to in their church experience. Sure. I think the base element is an element of personal responsibility. I think um, those who are listening to us today, there will be a certain amount that have a negative experience in a church situation where they're maybe not getting, I hear I'm not being fed enough or I'm not getting enough or I don't have enough opportunity. And then there's a certain segment that'll say, I go to the greatest church on earth. I'm getting all sorts of great material, all sorts of good things. Mm -hmm. I'm learning and growing. At the end of the day, whether you've had a a more negative or a, a less negative or a very positive experience is not really my point. I'm not here to judge particular Um, systems of church. Mm -hmm. What I am saying is that each one of us as individuals are personally responsible to take the opportunities that we have in our growth curve with the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. In other words, the more we discover from him personally, the more we are putting ourselves into a position where we are responsible to walk with him in whatever systems that we find ourselves, whether that's a system at work, whether that's a system at church, doesn't really matter that we can walk with the Lord in and through all of those things. And so a lot of times we want to judge or find fault with a particular pastor or a particular teacher or a particular 
thing that's yeah. going on when in reality we have to look and say, am I listening to the Lord? Am I following Christ? Am I walking with him in such a way that I'm experiencing life? I'm growing as a believer in Jesus Christ and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And therefore, wherever I find myself there is life in me through him, mm-hmm. and that life goes both out from me and f- inward filling through his Holy Spirit so that I'm used wherever I am. Yeah. So it's no longer a, a, a thing of judging a system, but it's really saying, okay, Lord, how, what are you doing in me, and how will you use me wherever I am to bring life and freedom and liberty and and just um, just that sweet-smelling savor of Christ wherever I am. Yeah, that's good. When you're saying system, I'm, I just want to clarify this. I, uh, I'm guessing you're talking about the Catholics worship in a certain way or a certain fashion, or they have a certain rhythm. The Lutherans worship in their, their fashions, and the Methodist worship. And you can go into a Baptist church, and you can expect certain things that are going to happen that, you know, you're going to sing the songs at this time, you're going to say the Lord's Prayer, or you're going to have a sermon at this time. Is that what you mean when, when you're talking about uh, systems like that? It really is. I, I think at the, at the base of my understanding about my relationship with the Lord and what happened through Jesus Christ dying on the cross that we might have life and have that life more abundantly is that at some point he died more uh, than just for us to meet in a in a corporate setting and listen to one guy talk or listen to one very gifted musician yeah. sing. Yeah. We are to experience on a daily basis that kind of life. I use the word system a lot, but everybody has a system. When you mention uh, a Catholic church, you think of a liturgy that is very um, uh, traditional and that has been um, brought throughout uh, decades and decades and decades of, of moving through a particular liturgy. On some of the churches that would be um, on the other side of that, where they say, oh, we're just freedom, we're, we're free to change everything uh-huh. on a whim or during a service, there's still pretty much a system to what's going on there. And uh, even in the house church movement, a lot of times you find the same basic system going on in people's houses that's going on yeah. in, a, in a church building. Yeah. The system's kind of the same. We, right. we, we have one guy speak. We have some music. We take up <laughs> offering. Um, we generally give an invitation. That's going to look different according to what liturgy smaller sanctuary or something. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes really bad child care. But <laughs> at the end of the day... It's all it's it's all kind of in the same mix, and so we tend to we tend to manipulate a system to uh-huh. our own um, feelings or where we're comfortable. But what I'm saying is, I'm fine with all of that. Whatever system you're in, I'm great with. What I'm concerned is, is there life in your relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and is that life being exchanged between you and other believers? Because the world. The lost world, people that don't know Jesus, are looking for life. And the more that transfer happens in normal, everyday life, the more the world is brought into 
looking and saying, that looks different. What's going on in you looks different. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Um, That I don't necessarily care where you worship on a Sunday, but I do care that somebody wronged you and you reacted completely differently than I thought you should have. Why? Mm -hmm. And so that exchange of life shows itself. Yeah, that's good. Really good. I had uh, a girl at church last week, uh, and she just, her countenance was really down, and she was just, you could you could just, I mean, she was wearing it and demonstrating it to everybody that she was, didn't have a good week. Right. And so I'd asked her, I, I went up to her, and I said, you doing okay? And she goes, no, I'm not, no, I'm not doing okay at all. And I said, what's going on? She goes, I don't know, I just feel like I'm in this funk, I'm in this rut, I feel, and so I asked her, I said, when's the last time you prayed for somebody? When's the last time you shared Christ with somebody? Mm-hmm. And she said, it's been a very long time. And I said, I promise you, if you'll give away what you have, your countenance is going to change. Your outlook on life is going to change. Your hope is going to be restored. And when I saw her this Sunday, she was, she, you could tell she was a different person. And I said, something changed. And she goes, yeah, I got a chance to, to minister to somebody and pray, to, pray with somebody at work. Mm-hmm. And you were right, it shifted everything. And I just think that we have this misconception that we're just we're just supposed to take on more, get more. And I just feel like there's this perception uh, in church world that we really t- can. It's again, I love it that you're saying we, you have to take personal responsibility, but we could tend to turn into spiritual hoarders. Yes. Of where we just consume, 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 and we don't give it away. And so that's when I think of church life, I think of I've I've seen firsthand people coming to life when they give it away and they just don't store it up. And so when there is the exchange of life, there is a flow of life. mm -hmm. It's natural for individuals to begin to internalize and look inwardly. Uh It's the reason the psalmist says that God is the lifter of our head. It is him who takes his thumb and places it under our chin and picks our head up so that we see differently. As we see differently, there's an exchange. As that flow takes place, life moves. And as life moves, things tend to look differently. And so it's not, none of that is dependent on what type of system you're in. All of it is dependent on your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so if you... You're, we're talking about systems. Can you, Tim, personally tell us then, in your years of just overseeing this word church, and you've been obviously integrated organizationally in it, How, if you could define what church is, you said it could happen at Walmart, it can happen at work, it can happen, it can happen in your church, whichever denomination or system you're in. Uh, so if you could just say, this is what you believe church is, and is it a corporate thing? Is it not a corporate gathering? Is it, is it just one-on-one in a way of life? How, how could you uh, just, just speak into defining, what is, so what is church, and how then do I know if I'm in church, or if I'm having church, or if I'm experiencing church? And again, I'm asking, <laughs> I guess I'm asking you for your system. <laughs> but I yeah. think everybody wants to know. Did it happen? Did we do church? Did it, did it really, is, are we going to do it? Or what is, what, how would you speak into that? My answer, my simple answer is yes. 
Everything you just said is church. It's individual. It's corporate. It's it's. Street. You know that's not satisfying a, yeah, a lot of I, questions people have right now. I get it's it. It's actually even more frustrating. I get it. So to me, the simple thing is an exchange of life. It's church life. So as I'm going to a a church service at eleven o'clock on Sunday morning, my anticipation is. That there will be the exchange of life and that church happens. Uh-huh. Um, church happens in worship because worship is a part of corporate church life or individual church life. It's, it's a part of, of our experience in God is through worship. Now, do you need a pipe organ or a band or a classical song versus a hymn versus a... a, a chorus that was written the night before or a chorus that is being written on the stage during the performance. Yes, all of those things you can worship with. As a matter of fact, it's my belief that a true worshiper of the living God can worship by themselves during the middle of a hurricane. You don't have to have any of the props that we believe are consistent with quote-unquote good worship. Good worship is me worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. And so that doesn't have to have a, a feeling associated with it. It doesn't have to have a band associated with it. It's, it's about that coming to him as a child and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And as I'm doing that with two or three or two or three hundred or two or three hundred thousand, there is, a, there is a, an amazing... Um, culmination of life that mm-hmm. takes place that we get in on that that we all know I, I'm 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 about the process of worshiping and and does that give life does that exchange life absolutely um you know does that become I've got to go somewhere where the greatest band on earth is playing so that I can worship I think mm-hmm. we missed the point mm-hmm. Um, it's not about what somebody else is doing for me. Yeah. It's about my worshiping a living God. And, and I've had tremendous times of worship in the room with really marginal musicians who were struggling. <laughs> and yet the Spirit of God was about the place. <laughs> um, you know, so it's not about the quality of music. It's not about the... Yeah, some of that stuff's easier if the quality of music's better. But sometimes, honestly, I think, okay, is that just because it's easier for me to achieve at a fleshly feeling? Or mm. is the spirit really flowing in that? Yeah. Because the old, the old line about musicians is that the spirit always moves during the key change. Well, that's a feeling. That's not a spirit <laughs> issue. That's a, that's a feeling. And so we got to separate those things out and pull it down to what's real What's, what's honest, yeah. what's true, what's authentic? How am I discovering my authentic relationship with God? Yeah. And when you discover that, you can worship in the middle of a hurricane. And it do, just doesn't matter because he's a holy God yeah. that we bow before and bring adoration and worship 
to who he is. I do remember a passage where I think Jesus was taking a nap yes. during a storm. <laughs> yes, completely unconcerned with the fact that everyone thought they were fixing to die. Exactly. So the, 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 the emotional part of what we've defined a lot of this stuff at is very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, it's part of it. It's part of the process. I'm great with it. We're emotional beings. I'm good with emotion. I think emotion is great. I just don't want to hang my whole life yeah. on whether I've got a really happening band or a really not happening band to lead me there. Yeah. I need to know how to get in the presence of God personally. Can you talk? Can you just bring the distinction between uh, having an emotional experience versus experiencing God's Spirit moving? What? How would you describe the distinction between that? And I love it that you're saying, Tim, the band is not dependent upon the spirit moving Mm -hmm. i it's on me i i need to want to either invite or to uh move to a place of where i can experience god's love and god's and god's presence so the distinction of that and then how does a person how can a person take personal responsibility in owning that and obeying of again i've i've experienced it in uh Episcopal churches, I've experienced sure. it in Catholic churches, in Pentecostal churches, that I I can worship anywhere, but I'm not waiting for the person up front to bring me to that space. I'm obeying and taking personal responsibility. So the distinction between emotion versus spirit, and then how can I own that and move into that space? The tough answer to your question that you're honestly not going to like is that it's different in every individual. I think there's a that, large portion of people listening to this that are not liking what you're talking about right now. Yeah. You're, especially the organized, right. linear people that yeah. have checked, you know, they want to check the box yeah. to know that they did this. That you, I, I really feel like you're frustrating a lot of people today. So keep, well, up, keep going with it then. And I probably am. <laughs> um, but the reality is we're wanting to say, okay, it's this percentage of emotion and this percentage of spirit, and this is how I de- identify those things. Karen, my wife's name's Karen. Karen, uh, her worship is vastly different than mine. She's much more musical. She's much more likely to um, dance. I'm far less likely to dance, far less likely to, to really be all that integrated in the musical part of it. And so it's different with me than it is with her. The point is... Not how do you get the mix right for everybody. The point is, am I coming to worship prepared to worship? Am I bringing something into the body of Christ? Am I bringing life when I come in to a gathering, whether that gathering's in a park or whether that gathering is in uh, a holy place? And am I bringing life into that mix? When I was in um, Israel years ago, the most profound place of worship that I experienced while I was there was at the Wailing Wall. Mm. And the people I was with were like, yeah, we've been here, let's move on to the next thing. I didn't want to leave. I didn't care if they left me for a day or two. I just wanted to stand there. And I can't even, I can't describe why I wanted to stand there, but the Spirit of God was so moving in me, in that environment, that I wanted to stay. When I was in... um, uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, walked into a old church 
that has been turned into a museum. They had a choir singing in Russian, and all I knew was I had walked in on worship. Mm. Couldn't speak the language, couldn't, you know, it wasn't the environment, it wasn't a churchy place that had been moved into a, a museum, but they were singing, and I later found out they were singing old Russian hymns. Really? And it was obvious worship was going on. Did they understand all that and know all that? I don't have a clue. But you begin to sense where that's real. So that's born out of what is in you that is the Spirit of God yeah. moving in you yeah. that is first generation. I always talk about the fact that if, if something... If I get something and I move it to somebody else, it becomes second generation. They may understand the theory. They may understand the philosophy. They may even understand the truth, but it's not real in them until it's first generation in them. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing is to move truth first generation to first generation because we're all looking for a formula where we can check the boxes off and be okay. And God says in its simplest form, to each one of us as individuals, come follow me. And I think that's done straight through the doors of church, straight through the doors of life. Just come follow me. Okay, so you're talking about, obviously, that's a personal discipline then. Of This is what Jesus said. This is his mandate. Talk to me about... Uh, you're really not going to like this, but, uh, but <laughs> even the word discipline... I, I shudder at because I know the listeners are going, oh, okay, so how many minutes does that mean I've got to do this in order to... So it's not a discipline. It's not, it's, it's not me trying to do, organize my life in such a fashion that, that I can get it. It's just me following Jesus 24-7, 365 days a year. It's, it doesn't have anything to do with, with, the, with the markers. It has to do with following Jesus. Yeah, you're right. I'm not the only one not liking this. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to like this. All right, so talk to me then about how I can keep from killing what God is wanting to do, where he's wanting to move, and where he's He's wanting to lead me then. So it sounds like if I, I could structure it and kill it, and so uh, talk to us about the art of, of not killing the move of God then. Okay, so Jesus takes three of his disciples up on the mount and is transfigured before them. Mm -hmm. Their response is, it's good that I'm here. Yeah. Um, I'll build you a temple. I'll build all three of y'all a temple. And the father ignores all that conversation and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to what he's got to say. Yeah. Bottom line is, when we begin to experience the change, exchange of life in small groups or large, our natural human reaction is, this is great. Yeah. I got to do something to systematize this, to commemorate it, to make sure everybody else gets in on it. Yeah. That's when we put the fire out. Um, if we can just step back and say, okay, Lord, I want to walk in this all the time. Yeah. So how do I very, very cautiously and carefully walk yeah. in life? Yeah with everybody that you bring into my path, how do we do that? And let me take the pressure off to systematize this, to teach it to somebody yeah. else, to make sure somebody else gets in on it. First, let me 
Let me get what you've yeah. got for me out of this. And that exchange of what you're doing in me into somebody else will grow itself. Yeah. We're not responsible for that. He's fully capable of doing that if we will just take the opportunities that he gives us to worship him, follow him, hear his voice, move with him, and allow him to pour his life in us and through yeah. us. One of my favorite Oswald Chambers quotes is, never make a principle out of your experience with God. Yes. Allow him to be as creative with others as he's been with you. Yes. I memorized that thing in college, and it's just, it's never left me. Uh, I think it's because it frustrated me so much. Yeah. Because I wanted, to, I just tell me what to do. Right. Just give me the steps. I'll do it. Yeah. I, I would have been an amazing Pharisee. Mm-hmm. I. I, I think I could have mastered that because yeah. you knew what you're supposed to do and you knew what you weren't supposed to do. Right. And so that's why everything that, not everything, but a lot of what you're saying is very, very frustrating, especially to rule keepers like me that just want to know, just tell me what to do, I'll do it. I just want to know if I'm doing a good job or not. Right. And I wanted to, I wanted to know if God loved me. I wanted to earn his approval. I wanted to earn his affection. And that was a, a major frustration point to me. You got a great story about a, a, can I ask you to tell a story about the burn pile with you and your boy that you were working on? I yes. thought, I think it really illustrates this really well. Well, it does. We we um, had cleared some land and had a burn pile about the size of half of a house. And um, I had built a fire underneath it. And my sons have burned enough with me to know that I love to just <laughs> throw a lot of stuff on the fire quickly. And so the fire was getting hot, and it was getting to, to where it was moving. And I got into a skid steer, and my son said, Dad, please don't. Just, just, just leave it alone. And I said, no, no, no. If I just push a little of the pile this way, then it'll catch on this side, and, it, and, and we'll be done. And he said, yeah, you're going to put it out, Dad. Just don't do it. And I said, no, 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 it'll be fine. So I got in the skid steer. I pushed it a little this way. I went on the other side, pushed it a little this way. And, and it smoked for two days and never <laughs> caught on fire and never did anything that was supposed to be doing. And, and that in itself is funny. And it was funny to me, especially with my son telling me not to do it. And uh-huh. I went ahead anyway. Right. But it's the, it's the challenge that you face when you begin to see the exchange of life. You think, I want everybody to get in on this. It's all great motivation. It's, it's wanting to share what you're experiencing. It's wanting to get everybody in on it. And then we take a little tiny flame, and instead of kind of wafting it and giving it some air, we push big, huge logs on top of it, and uh-huh. it just suffocates it. Yeah. And so a lot of times church life will begin to happen in church, and then it begins to get some press, and people begin to know about it, and then and then we make it about something that it's not about, and it, and it kind of goes away and changes. And so it's a real balance to to enjoying what the Lord is doing and allowing that life to so move through you that it influences others, but the influence is moved and dictated by the Spirit of God and not by our own agenda. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Hey, I've appreciated the time today. Is there anything else that you would want to, before we sign out here, that you'd like to encourage us with on on uh, what it means to be a part of the church and be the church? 
Just don't get trapped into a mindset. Allow the Lord to do exactly what you said a minute ago, to be as creative in you as he is in somebody else and allow that creativity to, to operate around you as the Lord is leading and guiding you in, in ministry, outside of ministry, in, in life, in church, that we're just looking for the, for the freedom and life and liberty of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords operating in us moment by moment and day by day. That's really good. Hey, before we sign out, Tim, would you just pray over our listeners right now that they that they would uh, that there would be an understanding that this is about life. It's not about a service or about a program, and it's about being free. It's not about feeling the pressure of needing to perform or needing needing to show up where we need to show up. Would you just pray over us and uh, pray us out? Absolutely. Father, I thank you for the opportunities that you give us on a daily basis, and I pray that we would be drawing close to you, that we would be disciples of the Most High, that we would be followers of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that, Lord, as you're breathing life into us, that you would pour that life in us and through us into the lives of people we're in relationship with, and into every uh, person's gathering of, of church life, whatever that looks like in whatever way that that's accomplished. Lord, I just pray that you would breathe life through each one of us into the lives of other people so that more and more people know who you are and what you have done in Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for your life and I thank you for your church and I thank you for what it means to be a part of the body of Christ and I pray, Lord, that you would just breathe church life in and through your body. In Jesus' name, amen.